Well, hey everybody, good morning and happy Mother's Day to uh, all you mothers and all of you who have mothers. I hope you're having a good day today, at least a good morning so far. Uh, it's good to see all of you virtually speaking. Well, we're in this series <clears throat> um, on prayer and in this episode, um, we're going to pick up again where we left off and, and study this a little bit deeper. And the reason why we're doing this is, well, quite honestly, there's a lot of things to pray about right now. Uh, given the pandemic and some of the economic turmoil that's going on, et cetera, et cetera. I'm sure you've probably got some issues at home or in your families or uh, all the the stuff that swirls around this this kind of thing. And, you know, we just need to pray a little bit more. And, and frankly, I'll tell you that a lot of this series is born just out of my own, my own heart to try to understand um, prayer a little bit deeper because there's always something else to learn. doesn't matter how long you've, you've been a Christian and how long you've been following Jesus. There's always another step to take. And, and, you know, it's just the idea of, 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 uh, staying connected so that you can keep growing. And that's kind of where this is coming from. And so I want to take a, a brief moment to recap last week. Um, because it relates to what we're going to talk about today. And so let's let's pick this up again back in Philippians chapter 4. This is where we were last week. Let me read it and then and then I'll I'll make a comment about it real quick. Uh, Philippians chapter 4 beginning with verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which tr- transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So you might remember that we had some ideas that we pulled from this last week. And, and so it starts with this idea, rejoice in the Lord always. So the, the point here is to start with joy. To start from that um, position where you're uh, uh, joyful, you're happy, um, maybe even thankful about the types of, of things that God has done and about your life and the thing, things that are, are going on in it. <clears throat> but then it says, let your gentleness be evident to all. And remember this, I, the word here could also be reasonableness. Uh, let your reasonableness be evident to all. The Lord is near. And this is a perspective thing. Keep this one in mind. Uh, th- this has kind of changed how I've been thinking about it. You don't have to be aggressive. You don't have to be, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Aggravated about anything because the Lord is near. And if the Lord is near, if his presence is with you, you are carrying that in to whatever your circumstances are. So start with joy, but maintain the perspective that the Lord is is near. And then um, this kind of, central part of the teaching. Do not be anxious about anything. So check the anxiety at the door. You don't necessarily need it, but just present your requests to God. And it's it's a straightforward kind of thing. You know, we have this anxiety over stuff. We just do. We may call it something else. We call it frustration or anger or fear, but there's this, this sense that something's not right and we're concerned about it and it's taking up mental, mental bandwidth. And so if you can, check that at the door and bring it before God. Just bring it before him. Talk to him. That's what prayer is. Remember, my fundamental definition is that, that prayer is just talking with God back and forth. It is a conversation. And then <laughs> by prayer and petition, and 
the idea that's carried here is this idea of, of seeking God. Seek after his heart. So it's one thing just to fire things off. It's something else entirely um, to say things, to talk with him, but actually seek what he wants. You know, sometimes it takes a little bit of time for the Lord to answer. Sometimes not. But the point is, is that your heart is seeking his. That's what petition means. So by prayer and petition, by talking with God and seeking after his heart. And then, of course, this little phrase, be thankful. So have some gratitude. If, if nothing else, you're able to talk to the creator and sustainer of the universe, Right. You can have a conversation and be grateful for that, if nothing else. It's like, God, I know you hear me. I know that um, I don't necessarily always understand what you're saying back to me. Um, I don't always hear you, but at least I know that you hear me. Be grateful for it. Just start from that posture of joy and gratitude. You're under control. And then just talk with him, but seek after his, seek after his heart. And then in verse 7, in the peace of God, that's when the peace of God shows up. And so when you've taken that posture, when you've taken that attitude, that's when the peace of God shows up. And, And I really like this phrase, it transcends all understanding. Because you know what? Sometimes your circumstances dictate that this doesn't, it doesn't make sense for you to be at peace. And yet you are. You can be at peace with something, even though everything around you is going crazy. But because you've taken that attitude, you've talked with the Father, and you've sought after his heart, that's when you start seeing the peace of God show up. Why? Because his presence is there. His presence is there, and so with his presence often comes comes peace. So have that in mind, what we talked about last week, real brief recap of that. But I want to draw your attention to another um, letter in the New Testament. Uh, we were in the letter to the Philippians, which was in a country called Macedonia. We're going to go now to another letter to another church in Macedonia. Actually, it's not too far down the road, apparently. And uh, that letter is the uh, first letter to the Thessalonians. And so um, I'm going to be in Thessalonians, First Thessalonians chapter 5. There's two letters. This is going to be the first, right towards the end. But like Philippi, it, it's, in, it's in Macedonia. Um, it's written by Paul shortly after he left. Now, it's a very interesting history um, because Paul had a vision where a man from Macedonia said, come help us. And if you read through the book of Acts, virtually every city in Macedonia where Paul went to, he had trouble. Every single one. And uh, it was right down the list. And so wherever he would go, he'd be there for a little while and trouble would stir and he, he would leave. And so Paul had to leave um, um, this particular church. Uh, he actually had to flee the city. You can find it in Acts chapter 17 if you're interested in learning more about that. Um, so think about it this way. It's a short stay and a sudden departure. And so he has this deep concern for these new Christians and um, and it's they're somewhat unshepherded too. It's you know it's not like he, you know he could be and spend time with them to bring them up to speed on what life, what Christian life actually looked like. And so um, he ended up sending a, a number of pastors to go and and be there over um, 
in different periods of time. But the point is, in his own heart, he didn't, he wasn't able to invest like he wanted to invest. And so you can actually kind of tell this in the letter, and it's, it's, it's fascinating, because right at the very end of First Thessalonians, there's this block of, I'll call it teaching, that's almost like a catechism. Now, if you grew up in uh, a mainline traditional church, like Catholic or Lutheran or, or even some Methodist and Presbyterian, you may know what a catechism is. And, and really what it is is uh, a book or um, a set of teachings that are the basics of doctrine, of faith. And it's usually taught to to people before they're um, confirmed so that they can take communion or in some cases when they're baptized. But think of it as the basics of, of, of Christianity, um, as, at least as that denomination thinks of it. And so here Paul has this group of young, um, young Christians, new Christians, and he's sending them a letter to try to encourage them, but also teach them at the same time. And at the very end, there's this beautiful catechism, this you know, basic understanding. Here are the things I want you to know and the things that I want you to practice. It's about as simple as it gets, and I absolutely, absolutely love this. So I want you to pay attention to this block of teaching, and the reason for it is, is that you can do this too where you are. You don't necessarily have to go to a church service in order to do these things. This is basic Christianity. This isn't what I would call basic church, if that makes some sense to you. So you don't have to go to a church to follow these things. These are just practices, ideas, thoughts, um, fundamentals that we can incorporate into our everyday life. So uh, what I'd like to do is I want to read 1 Thessalonians 5, uh, verses 14 to 22, and then we're going to draw some thoughts out of it so that you can see uh, a little bit more. So let me read that. If you've got a Bible or Bible app, go ahead and, and open to it. Uh, type it in so you can follow along if you want to. I'm reading from the NIV, which I normally do. Um, someday I'll talk about why I do that. But for right now, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning with verse 14. And we urge you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle and disruptive. Encourage the disheartened. Help the weak. Be patient with everyone. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. This is the word of the Lord, and we believe it. So let's take this and examine it. Um, put it under a microscope, I guess. See what it really says. Verse 14, and we urge you, brothers and sisters, <clears throat> to warn those who are idle and disruptive. This is really interesting. Right out of the box, um, it's, it's a warning. Uh, another term that could be used here is admonish. But to warn you, brothers and sisters, um, to warn those who are idle and disruptive. Now, look at those two words. Um, I remember, I think it was my grandmother who uh, had a phrase that uh, idle, idle hands are the devil's playground, which I think comes out of Proverbs or Psalms or something along those lines. Maybe you've had a grandparent who said that too. 
but usually that was a euphemism for you better get busy. Uh, when I was uh, working in a grocery store when I was in high school, the, it was a similar term, but if you got time to lean, you got time to clean, right? It's so that kind of a thing. You don't want anybody being busy because that's when they tend to get into some mischief. And that's, for the most part, probably true. But I don't think that's what's actually happening here in this particular passage because he's writing to a group, group of brand new Christians who are learning how to be the church. And so I think this um, idea um, really talks to people who are uninvolved, who are not involved in some type of, of ministry to other people. And think about that. You know, there's there's some some folks who who come uh, to church and they just kind of sit in the pews. They just warm the pews on Sunday. Now look, there are seasons in people's lives where they just need to do that. You know, I've had a couple of those where um, you know we'd move to a new place and and uh, we're just trying to get acclimated. I, I understand all of that, but over a, a course of time, you don't want to be idle. Um, you don't want to be uninvolved in ministering to others in some way. And largely because you're missing out. And, and so really the warning here is don't miss out. Don't settle for something less. Be involved in what God is doing here. Be involved in the kingdom activities by being the church. And, and the warning here isn't you know something for their immortal soul, but really it's don't, don't settle for anything less. Don't do that. And it's really kind of a beautiful, beautiful thought. And it's not necessarily talking about serving on a ministry team. You know, it, it's, you know, serving in kids' church and maybe being a greeter. It could be those things too. And in fact, uh, when we're all done with the COVID-19 stuff and we're meeting together, if you want to get involved, come talk to me. We've got plenty of places that we can get you plugged in. But really, this is, this is about ministering to other people. And the bottom line here is do something. Do something. Get in the game. Don't just sit on the bench. Be a part of, of the kingdom of God. And so there's a warning here to people who are idle. But there's also a warning to um, <clears throat> those who are disruptive. Uh, this is a little more difficult to kind of pull apart. But years ago, um, my wife and I, we led a small group. And... Uh, for whatever reason, we had a couple of people in that small group who had a double portion of sarcasm. They were just gifted at it. And uh, I, I speak that language on occasion, you know, just like everyone else. But in this case, it, it wasn't funny. It was destructive. And it was disruptive to the group. And I had to sit down and, and talk with them and warn them tried to help them understand what we were trying to achieve, which was unity and growth and trust and safety and all those things that sarcasm tends to undermine if gone unchecked. <clears throat> we ended up having to disband the group. It was incredibly painful. Uh, felt like a failure, although it wasn't. It was the right thing to do at the time. I know it. But I understand there's a warning here against disruptive and the idea is, you know, get on board with the vision of this thing. Um, don't impede it. If, if you can't get on board with it, then, oh, for, for the sake of your own soul and the soul of the people around you, find some place where you can get involved and, and, and be, uh, get behind whatever that vision or, or um, uh, 
um, purpose of that particular group or church really is. So the warning here is, you know, to be uninvolved and the warning is to be disruptive because it actually undermines what 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 it means to be a Christian, not just what the church is. You know, God wants us all moving in the same direction. He prayed for our unity. Jesus did. Uh, And I think that's an important thing as as we go forward. So warn again those who are idle and disruptive. But at the same time, he says to encourage the disheartened. And it happens. Even Christians can be discouraged. Um, But at the same time, we're we're meant to be realistic optimists. We need to look at the set of circumstances that we're in and, and, and call it what it is. And sometimes it's a bad set of circumstances, but we're still optimistic. Why? Because the Lord is near. Remember, we saw that in Philippians chapter 4. If we're in the presence of God, we're carrying it into the set of circumstances and we trust him to be able to deal with even this stuff too, whatever it happens to be. And so the idea here is to encourage other people, to encourage them, because we do get down. We get the blues. Things happen. And sometimes we we don't have um, hope, so we need to borrow it from other people. Sometimes we don't have love. We need to borrow it from other people. Sometimes we don't have energy. We need to borrow it from other people. And that's what this is saying. Encourage those who who are disheartened. And that doesn't mean to give people platitudes, because there's plenty of Christian platitudes, aren't there? There's all kinds of little things that we say uh, to make people feel better. You know, things about, um, you know, God works for good, you know, works everything out for good. You know, at the wrong time, that is the wrong verse to quote to somebody. But instead, um, it might be a moment of appreciation for who they are and the things they've done. It might be a reminder of who they are in, in Christ. They're, they're adopted as sons and daughters. and They need to be reminded of that. That's not a platitude. That's a new reality. And so because we carry the presence of God with us, what we want to do is orient people who are discouraged to the, the reality that is life in Jesus. I'm not saying that's easy. It's not, actually. It's, it's kind of a challenge. But this is basic Christianity, that we encourage those who are disheartened. We encourage those who are, who are beaten down. We're the ones who are reaching out the hand in some way. And you know what? Sometimes it's just simply sitting with people, making time for them. It's carving out a moment in your calendar to be able to, to chat with them. I remember... Um, uh, guys, you might have experienced this too with your wives, uh, where my wife has had to say, I don't need you to fix this. I need you just to listen, okay? Because I like to fix things. Um, but that's not necessarily what everybody needs. And encouragement is just to acknowledge the fact they're in not the best place and to sit with them through that. You rely on the Spirit of God to help you respond to those things, but Ultimately, the basics of Christianity are here. Encourage the disheartened. And of course, help the weak. And and you probably know who they are in your life. Um, If you remember a couple weeks ago, we talked about the Good Samaritan. And if you wanted to act like the Good Samaritan, if you wanted to to have behavior that, you know, Jesus basically condoned or or recommended or highlighted, um, you had to get yourself into the presence of God. There's that movement within the scripture in Luke and 
And we learned that if you wanted to act like that, you really needed to be in the presence somehow. <laughs> yeah. When you're in the presence of God, it changes your heart. And um, if, you're, if you're doing that, then you can actually help the weak when you come across them. And then finally, be patient with everyone. And there's a part of me, I read that, I'm like, oh, Paul, why did you have to write that? <laughs> why, why, why that one? Why do we talk about patience? Oh, and it's with people. It's not just with the circumstances. It's not be patient with everything. It's be patient with everyone, which means relationship. I think when we're talking about patience with everyone, patience here is an expression of grace and mercy. The question is, how much you got? How much grace do you have for other people? Be patient with everyone. I know, by the way, when we're talking about patience with everyone, that includes yourself too. You got to be patient with yourself. You're not going to get everything right up front, and that's okay. That's called growth, and you'll get there, but you have to be patient with yourself. So we have this, this beautiful little block of teaching here, and he kind of wraps it up in verse 15. Make sure that nobody pays back wrong for wrong. This isn't about vengeance. Don't, don't do that. Get, get out of that type of game, but always strive to do what is good for each other and for everyone else. And he talks about this at length in other places. And, and uh, I know that our egos sometimes get in the way because we want to, um, <laughs> we want people to get their just desserts. But the truth of the matter is that with Jesus, we didn't get our just desserts. Um, we probably deserved worse than what we actually got because we got grace and mercy. And so we want to strive to do what's good for, for each other. I know it's hard, but this is why you have to be in the presence of God to help change your heart so that you can do this. Again, basic teaching. Don't repay wrong for wrong, but rather strive to do what's good um, for each other and for everyone else. So we've got this, this nice little block of teaching. It gets wrapped up, and then we see this. Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances. That sounds an awful lot like a stripped-down version of Philippians chapter 4, doesn't it? Rejoice, pray, give thanks. Hmm. You start from that position of joy. <laughs> you make your, your, your requests to God, and you, you do it continually. You know, sometimes it says pray without ceasing. But that just means to continually have the conversation with God. And that, I think that can look um, different for different people. It could be a daily thing. It could be an hour-by-hour hour thing. Hey, there's some circumstances where you're checking in with Jesus minute-by-minute, minute, right? Uh, of course you are. Uh, you've been in those sets of circumstances. And, <clears throat> and here we see that praying continually and to give thanks in all all circumstances, every one of them, there's something to be grateful for. Like I said, if nothing else, then you're just grateful for that fact that the creator and sustainer of the universe is, is listening to you. So joy and thankfulness and, of course, this idea of, of continual prayer. Uh, think of it um, uh, this way. You start with joy and then you kind of move to the top there, which is 
you're going to pray and you give thanks. Which, by the way, when that occurs, when you actually give thanks, it tends to breed a little bit more joy, which encourages you more to pray and to give thanks, which and you see how this thing begins to build on itself. Now, I'm not saying that um, this is just automatic. In fact, I think before it's automatic, you've got to push that flywheel quite a bit to try to get it, get it moving. But this is the idea. Rejoice, pray, give thanks. And this becomes a regular pattern that's in your life. And, and here's what I like about this. Because y- you have to notice how Paul um, ends this in verse 18. This is God's will for you. Isn't that interesting? This is what God wants for his people to have this type of rhythm in their life where there's joy, there's prayer, there's thanksgiving and joy. And, and part of me wonders if maybe you're experiencing um, unanswered prayers because the posture of joy is not there. Don't take that as, a, um, as an indictment or as a judgment. You may be in a set of circumstances where that's awfully hard. Um, I think I mentioned this before, but on a couple of occasions, um, where I just feel down about something, uh, the word will pop into my head and just says praise. And I need to hit the pause button and say, hmm, I don't have the right posture here. I don't have the right attitude about this. Let me start with praising the creator and sustainer of the universe. Because here's the danger. Here's the danger. When you don't necessarily understand who it is that you're praying to, you're just saying words. And, and that's not prayer. That's not talking with God. That's just talking out loud. But if you start from that position of joy and say, okay, God is listening and I know that he's going to hear me and I want the presence of God, I'm seeking after him, right? There's a a certain amount of joy, even if it's just a little tiny bit, so that when I actually pray, pray continually, mm, that's when things begin to change. Usually it's my heart. And then I can be thankful for those things. And hopefully that gets us moving. This is what God wants for our relationship, is you to be joyful and grateful in the midst of your prayers, um, as hard as that might be. So um, the text goes on, but I, uh, I think that um, we can kind of hit the pause button there and let this one sink in. This is the part of prayer that I, I'm learning myself, to be honest. Uh, this kind of idea of, can I start with joy? Can I end with thanksgiving? Can I do those things? Now, um, if you remember the last couple of weeks, uh, some people have committed to uh, praying five minutes a day. Just five minutes. And so, like we've done every single week, um, if you were able to do five minutes, seven out of seven days this week, go ahead and give us a little heart uh, if you're on Facebook. Uh, if you were able to do like three out of seven days, you know, four out of seven days, five out of seven days, somewhere in there, go ahead and give us a thumbs up. Five minutes a day, you were able to pray. And uh, if you need a reset because you're only able to do one, maybe two, or maybe none, hopefully not, just give us a little, uh, little ha-ha uh, emoticon so that, you know, we can kind of see that. Just take a second and do that on, on Facebook so we can kind of gauge where everyone is. And remember, there's no judgment here. Uh, I just want you to pray. Uh, Ultimately, that's the goal for this, is not just to to preach certain things about prayer. 
to try to teach new ideas and thoughts, but it's really to get you to pray <laughs> because that's when, when God does some of his best work. And so this week, um, I was hoping that you might be able to use the three elements of 1 Thessalonians, one of the ones that we see on the, on the screen here. You get this idea of joy, just start with it. Worship God and remember the things that he's done for you or for others if you have to. And, and if you can, do some praise. Just start with some praise. Let that be the beginning part of your prayer. Some of you know that I um, do a lot of my praying through journaling. And uh, I've, I've noticed recently that it makes a big difference um, when I actually start uh, with some praise um, in my journaling. And I'm going to continue to try to do that. So start with joy. Start with, with air. And um, you find some, something to praise Jesus about. And then um, pray. And borrow this from, from Philippians. Make your requests and, and actually seek him with your heart. Act. Do this. Act as if he's listening. Act as if he's listening. A friend of mine does this. Uh, this might seem weird to you, but uh, for him, it's, he sits on a he sits on a couch when he prays, but he always leaves space, and he imagines that Jesus is sitting next to him. If that works for you, great. There's nothing wrong with that. As he's you know talking, he's imagining Jesus being there, but that's seeking him with his with his heart. He's he's that's his prayer and petition right there. And so when he prays, he imagines that. Um, or if you're in the car, you know there's the bumper stickers that say, God is my co-pilot. Whatever works for you, um, do that. But imagine that he's listening. You know, act as if he's listening to you. And imagine what that conversation might might actually look like. And then finally, give thanks. Um, This is pretty simple. Thank him for something that he's done. Thank him for something he is doing. Thank you. Thank him in advance for um, something he will do. That's a pretty good place to start. Find something to be grateful about. Uh, 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 grateful about. Um, something that uh, you can give him thanks for. And in that process, um, see what it does to you. See what it, it might do to your own heart. Um, you might not notice it right away. That's fine. Uh, the point is, is that you want to try to do this five minutes. Joy, uh, pray. Thanksgiving, joy, pray, Thanksgiving. See what it does for you. It's pretty simple and straightforward, but ultimately, I just want you to talk to him. I just want you to talk to Jesus in your prayers. See what it does and see how he answers. And by the way, if you hear something from him or if he does answer your prayer, write it down. Find a place to write down those things so that you can remember those going forward. I think that's an important part of all of this. So uh, three points here, easy. Pray with some rejoicing. Actually do your prayers, (laughs) pray continually. I'm just asking you to do five minutes, but you can do longer if you want. And then find something to be thankful about. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, um, we praise you for who you are. We praise you because you have given us patterns within your word. And when we find them, God, um, it, it brings us a certain amount of joy because you care for us. You want us to connect with you. 
We don't have to beg you for that. That is something that you deeply desire for every single person. And uh, Lord, you know all the things on, on our hearts. Lord, I'm aware of circumstances with, within our church where people are hurting because of loss. I'm aware of um, uh, people who are hurting because of you know, economic conditions. I'm, I'm aware of, of people who are just going a little crazy being at home. <laughs> and, uh, and there's a lot of anxiety, God, about what's happening in our world and opening up the economy and wondering how we're supposed to go grocery shopping and we should buy more masks or there's different sources of that fear for everybody. Oh God, I would pray that you would just simply sit with us and allow us to be in your presence and for you to speak to us and answer some of those questions that we have in our heart. Hmm. And I pray for every person who's listening today that they would experience you speaking to them in some way and that it would encourage them. And somehow, Lord, that your love would fill them up so much that it would spill out onto the people that they're living with and maybe their neighbors, and maybe some other folks that they're, they're in contact with. Mm. Help us each, God, to, uh, to be in tune with you. So please protect us from the coronavirus, protect us from the economic challenges that are, that are on our doorstep even now. And God, uh, uh, help us to hear your voice uh, each day. And we're going to thank you in advance for doing those things. We thank you for how you've taken care of us thus far. And the Lord, even when we don't see where you're working, doesn't mean that you're not. And we're so grateful that you do. And I pray, Lord, that <clears throat> all of these things uh, would get in into our hearts, would soak into our very souls, and that this would propel us forward to be more joyful, to pray continually, and to give thanks again. Pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.